This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy days here on the happy hour on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am Rico, joined not by Nick Sainert, but by the one and only Jake Bachman. That's right. How are you, Bach? Oh, not too bad. It's a, it's a, not a pretty good fall day outside. You know, you always like to start off with the weather. It's a nice, it's a nice hoodie day today. Yeah, it's a great hoodie day, which I'm, I'm a big fan of hoodies, and I have way too many of. But welcome in everybody to the happy hour, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting. We appreciate everything that they do for us. Join us today on our on our journey through the Matt Rule bye week press conference and another <laughs> slow bye week here at Husker, you know, Husker football land uh, as we break down the press conference way too much and talk about all of the injuries that the offense has to face. Join us, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln hotline, Sarder Heyman text line, and on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Also, channel 951 on Allo if you have that. But... Bach, we're just we're just gonna hop right into it because there was there was a lot and also you know it's really just about like two players two three yeah. players and uh, those players are Marcus Washington who is out for the rest of the year with with a torn ACL because why not because why not Nebraska's offense have to have to face another injury to somebody who was actually doing something mm-hmm. um, the quarterback situation which I'm just gonna say is one player it's it's two players but it's just the quarterbacks and uh, Anthony Grant. Who is not good with Coach Rule? <laughs> who is publicly, yeah, is publicly getting not in the doghouse, scorned again, not in the doghouse, but not good with Coach Matt Rule. Yeah, which is a weird way to say things. It's not in the doghouse. It's not good with me though. <laughs> yeah, what is it? What does it mean? Here, here's some here's some public negativity for him. Let's see, but he's not in the doghouse. Yeah. So so again, we're just hopping right into it. The bye week presser was today after the win over Illinois, twenty to seven. Nebraska has a bye week and then hosts. Northwestern, I believe, for homecoming uh, next week, and Northwestern also on a bye week, so two bye week teams meeting up uh, next week. But this is Nebraska's starting running back, Anthony Grant, who was a starting running back last year, had some issues in the offseason, which led him to be the third string running back to start the season. Number one, Gabe Irvin has a what hip injury, I believe is what it was. Number two, Ramir Johnson, a shoulder injury, both done for the year. Insert Anthony Grant, who has run pretty well but has also shown some of his fumble issues. So this is what Matt Rule had to say about Anthony Grant. Well, he's not okay with me because he keeps fumbling the ball. I love Anthony, but you can't play for us if you can't control the ball. So Anthony, Anthony, uh, you know, he's, he's got to improve that. Not in the doghouse. People take things the wrong way. He's got a skill, a skill that is not showing up. It's very simple. It's, to me, it's all technical. Football's never emotional for me. It's just technical. So I have to get that fixed for Anthony. And Anthony has to get that fixed for Anthony or he can't play because we can't, you know, you can't fumble the ball and practice on Tuesday and then fumble it again and practice on Wednesday then fumble it in four minutes on Saturday and think you're going to play the next week. So I think the bye week comes at a great time because Anthony can really work on that this week. Um, he's got such great vision. He has all these things, but he has one skill that's preventing him from 
playing at the level I think he could play at. So, um, yeah, he's healthy, all those things. But I'm counting on Anthony. And uh, I need I need him, and we need him to step up, and we need him to very simply cover the top, cover the top of the ball, and not run with the ball like this. And so um, I don't know what else to do other than to say what I just said. I've said it to him, obviously, but say what I just said so he hears it because he's a really good player that could probably play for many years after this. But you're not playing for Bill Belichick if you fumble the ball. You're not playing for Mike Tomlin if you fumble the ball. So we we uh, we need him this week to really make a step. So Anthony Grant. All the talent in the world. We saw it last year. We've seen it in spurts this season so far. The fumble issues, just coming back to bite him again against Illinois. It's 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 something that he was running hard, got more carries than the other running backs, even as the third string against Minnesota, but a, a fumble, which cost Nebraska the win, uh, kind of, again, not put him in the doghouse, but but had him not running, not carrying the pill as much after that game. I, I As Matt Rule said, not really much else to say except for, dude, Cover it up. Mm. There, there's only so much. And I look, I was never a football coach, but there's only so much you can do coaching wise with a player until they start doing it themselves. Like you can keep telling them over and over. You can run through all of these drills and these these ideas. And, you know, you can have them walk around campus carrying a football and just tell people if you see Anthony Grant carrying a football, try to punch it out, make sure he's holding on to it. But after after a certain period, and I say this all the time, after a certain period for coaches, it falls on the players to make a play on the field or to make sure they don't fumble the ball. That's really all it comes down to. After so much coaching, there's only so much you can do before it falls on the players and they need to make that decision for themselves whether they're going to listen and and pay attention and and put into work all of the things you've been telling them or not. Yeah, it's interesting I, because I think when you look at a, a coach in the long term, you want you would grade a coach based on things like penalties and turnovers. But when you look at a coach that inherits a team that struggles with penalties and turnovers and is still struggling with penalties and turnovers, um, you know it, it's hard to really know where where to, to place the blame, I suppose. Um, but one way or the other, they've got to fix it. And I agree with you. Um, at, at some point, it's it's got to be a player-led thing, and that's what Matt Rule's been trying to get. I mean, they you can hear it in his press conferences, whether it's this issue or others, um, where like the coaching staff is is doing everything they can, and only they but complete always and publicly um, calling out the players to kind of be making a player-led movement or the players to start uh, to do what they can. And it, it's kind of interesting when you look at this with Anthony Grant. It's just been a rocky rode with Matt Rule since he's joined. He was suspended for the first part of the spring, changed his number. I don't know if there's much to do with that about that. Single digits. It's not a single digit when it's 10, but <laughs> with Heiner Carpet going in, you know, I don't know what kind of what kind of uh I guess what happened with that, but you would have figured Grant was one of the stars of the team last year. I think he had seniority at least. Yeah, you would think and in any case, he didn't get a single digit number which was supposed to be, you know, a, a an honor. He didn't get a starting spot like you said starting out third. I mean, it's just been really rocking. I don't know where he'd be on the starting, you know, how many snaps he'd get if Gabe Urban and Ramir Johnson stayed healthy. Um, obviously, if you hear from Matt Rule, so you can't play for him mm-hmm. if you fumble the ball. So I don't think it would be too many. Um, and it is so it's just very strange to get all of that. The season, everything's kind of aligned to where Matt Rule doesn't really have a choice. He's got to play Anthony Grant. And, you know, you hope that you would think that, you know, have the confidence in Anthony Grant to fix this along with what, you know, they're teaching him. They gave him 20 carries against Illinois. And again, did fumble again. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, you know, I think there's another quote in there where he's talking about him fumbling throughout the week. It's just at some point you can tell Coach Rules tried to push every button mm-hmm. and it's just not changing the way that Anthony Grant carries the ball. And at the same time, if you if you carry the ball one way through your entire career and Anthony Grant's like he's 24 or something, I mean, he's yeah. he's not just your his typical even senior running back. He's, yeah. he's an older guy. It, it's going to be hard to break that habit. Uh-huh. Um, and, 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 and secondly, have it feel natural the way you're, that it's supposed to be tough. And it's even harder now because, as you just said, with the injuries, after Anthony Grant, you have a converted wide receiver who's playing running back who did play running back at Baylor and Josh Fleeks. But you have Anthony Grant, who is your most veteran running back right now on the roster. You have Josh Fleeks. You have Quentin Ives. You have, I, I, I don't even know who you have. You have Emmett Johnson uh, before Quentin Ives. Then you have Quentin Ives. Then you have... Uh, a walk-ons, maybe some younger guys, but like Anthony Grant is your best bet at running back to win games. Like that's, I, I feel like that's just a fact. If you put anybody else in there, they're not going to be good as Anthony Grant. I don't, I think we can all agree on that one, right? Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're trying to win games, which they are trying to do, you have to play him. So even with the fumble issues and Matt rule says, look, you can't play for me. If you have fumble issues, I mean, at a certain point, if you're going to stay true to your word on that, you're going to have to start Fleeks. You're going to have to start Johnson. You're going to have to bring Quentin Ives in. Like You're going to have to bring these other running backs in to show Anthony Grant because right now, and look, I'm not, not taking a shot at him, but right now he knows he's the top dog. He knows he's their best chance to win games at running back. So if he keeps fumbling and he knows, look, you can't take me out because I'm that dude. Again, I'm not saying this is how he thinks. But if he believes that, then what would be the point in him changing the way that he runs with the ball if he's going to get the ball regardless? Yeah, I think that probably, you know, at least makes him feel better about if he does fumble, you know, what can happen there. Um, but it, it, the other thing is Nebraska is just so forced. I mean, you don't, they, it's not like they could say, oh, we don't have much of a running back. Let's pass the ball more. They just don't have the <laughs> offense for that. Can't really pass the ball. Plus, you're, you're out your number, what, one, two? What, what would you have considered Marcus Washington? Your number one or your number two? I, I said all offseason that I thought that he was going to be the number one receiver. It depends on how you put it. I mean, because he's an outside receiver where Billy Kemp's not. Um, Billy Kemp's their leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's tough. But, I mean, the des- designated, I suppose that would be tough. But in actuality, if you... I mean, you could make the argument that Nebraska doesn't have a number one receiver, um, both in, in the way that, you know, typically you would want a guy to kind of take over that role and, and be the leader of the team. Uh, or, you know, just in, in saying that, like, any given game, I don't know who's going to lead the team or who they'll rely on. I yeah. do like the fact that they've kind of found different ways to get Billy Kemp the ball. Remember, he didn't get a touch yeah. uh, against Minnesota, and they needed to fix that. They they have fixed that for an offense that's so limited. But it's interesting, too, because Marcus Washington, uh, with his injury, you know, the last his last two catches, basically, <laughs> uh, were big plays against Michigan. And then this past week against Illinois before he got injured— and Nebraska doesn't have a whole lot of big play threats. I mean, they've been running Tommy Hill out there to get it. So mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Washington, at least, and he doesn't have like incredible burner speed or anything like that, but he, he turned into that, at least was bi- that guy mm-hmm. for Nebraska. And as soon as he starts to become that guy, he gets he's hurt. out for the season. Which is just Nebraska, right? This, this year, yeah. That's just so many injuries at the skill positions on offense that have just taken you out. All of the transfers before the season even started, like, you you lose 
Xavier bets to just not wanting to play football anymore before the season starts, really shortly before the season starts. You lose Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda in the first game on his birthday to a torn ACL for the rest of the season. And now you lose Mar- Marcus. Birthday. It was his birthday. You remember that, huh? I do. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, this sucks. That's the worst <laughs> yeah. birthday present ever. <laughs> first you lose the game, then you find out you're not going to play the rest of the season. The worst birthday ever. <laughs> uh, and then Marcus Washington is to a torn ACL as he's starting to break out and become that guy. So... It, Nebraska's offense, passing offense, just seems like it's doomed to not be great. However, you do have some young guys in the wings. You do have a Jaden Doss coming back from an arm injury. You do have a Jalen Lloyd who was a burner in his own right and to me was the, the second best freshman receiver in the class. And then you have Malachi Coleman who just an overall athlete got his first catch in college out of the way. So that's a weight off of his shoulders and was targeted a lot in that game towards the end by Heinrich Harburg. So maybe that's a sign of things to come uh, during the bye week and hopefully against Northwestern where Malachi Coleman sees more reps. But you've got Billy Kemp. You've got a whole bunch of young guys. You've got uh, what Alex Bullock. Like yep. you, Your wide receiving core is just hanging on by a thread right now. And it's it sucks because you have quarterbacks who have a goal of 65% completion on the season, but neither one of them looks like they're going to. Well, first off, uh, um, Jeff Sims, I don't know if he's going to play the rest of the season, depending on how the injury works and what the coaches decide, but it looks a little rough for either of them to reach that mark just mm-hmm. based on what we've seen through six games. Well, and even if they do, it's it's, it's just not, it doesn't, it's not like a naturally, <laughs> uh, natural looking pass attack. I mean, even, even the throws at times. So, I mean, it, it, it it's going to be a big obstacle for Nebraska to overcome. Um, but again, this is an offense that averages 19 points per game. It's not, you know, it's not in, entirely creative. Uh, whether you have watched it or not, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not going to blow you away with athleticism. Um, so yeah, they're take, kind of taking their hits as they go. Um, but really, if you're talking about making small improvements, which I think is what this offense is geared toward, you're mm-hmm. not you're not looking to all of a sudden turn into, um, you know, the Kurt Warner led Rams, you know, basketball and grass type of stuff. But if you want to get from 19 points per game to heck, 24 points per game, I think that's a fair uh, ask uh, if you're on the defensive side to, to get some support from your offense. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be magical. It really is as simple as hold the ball, hold on to the ball, and make some field goals. Mm-hmm. And because they've struggled in both those areas, uh, now we did see the field goal kicking unit two out of three. Okay, that's pr- improvement, right? We're it's, asking it's for imp- improvement. Yeah. Um, so he is what four seven. He is three for seven. Three for seven. Um, not great again, but improvement. And and so you know that's that's part of it. But still scoring twenty points. I mean. They might be able to do it. I mean, this is an this is a team that might be able to go bowling by averaging twenty points per game. I can mm-hmm. see it because their ne- their next few games. I mean, they're going to win. A, you know, I've been a lot of these twenty to six or, it's or be a lot know, of type of games. Fights. Yeah, um, and and that's good. I mean, this defense it shown that it can take that. I mean, that was that was kind of tough to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're thinking on the defensive side of the ball, it's just like give us a break. And then eventually, like there's certain games, like the Colorado game. It's like, yeah, they ended up losing. They were up down. Matt Rule goes back to they're down 13-7 midway through the third quarter. At some point, it's just like, how many stops do we have to get to get any support here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, maybe you're kind of wheel breaks. So the team, the, the offensive coordinator, I mean, they get paid too. You know, they're they're going to figure something out. And luckily, Nebraska's defense was able to still hold Illinois down. I mean, that was mm-hmm. ultimately lets you know that was just a mismatch. I don't know if there's all that many mismatches left um, 
Although there could be. There's not there's not great offenses coming your no, way in the next I, three weeks. Your next three games are, and I've said it before, they're completely winnable. They're also completely losable. Yeah. Because you're not facing a murderer's row of teams on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Statistically, uh, I brought it up earlier on the drive, in, in terms of yards per play on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, Nebraska is better than the next three teams that they're facing. Northwestern, uh, was it Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State? Right? Mm -hmm. In that order, maybe? Yep. yep. So you've got those three. Northwestern dealing with what they dealt with in the offseason, dealing with an interim head coach. Purdue with a new head coach at the helm uh, is in his first year as, as a head coach there. Michigan State with an interim new head coach at the helm. Like You're dealing with teams who have their own set of issues, who have, you know, two of them have worse issues than you do just dealing with a new coach. The other one is in the same boat as you. But again, statistically, you are better than all three of these teams. But again, Until. that means absolutely nothing on paper because Nebraska has statistically been better than a lot of teams that they've ended up losing to. But Well, but then again, like cherry picking a yards per play stat is good. Yes. Until a fumble, until a missed field goal. Exactly. Right? I mean, so when you shoot not, yourself it, it, in the foot, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because those teams, maybe not yards per play, but Nebraska's dead last in scoring in the Big Ten. Yes. So, I mean, it, that's the bottom line. They've got a negative seven turnover ratio. Yes. Like, you, you, they're turning it over way too many times, and they're not forcing enough turnovers to, to stay competitive in these games. If Nebraska were able to, and that's the weird part, is, is you know, they're, they're fumbling, they're, they're throwing interceptions, but they're not recovering fumbles. They're not getting interceptions all that much. Or at least when they do, they're turning it over a lot more times than they do force turnovers. So if Nebraska can just be average in that aspect, I, I feel like it would help them so much more. But the defense... As as Rule said, this is a defensive led team. They need to realize that this is their team, and they need to you know take ownership. It feels like they did that against Illinois, where they're like, "Look, we're not going to get a lot of support. We just have to shut them down. We just have to just stop them from doing anything," which is exactly what they did, and let the offense do whatever the offense does. They left at seventeen more points out there on yeah. the field, two fumbles in the red zone, the interception, and the missed field goal. Like They left so many points out there for an offense that's already struggling. You you can't do that. You can't, because as soon as you score, it gives you more momentum, and maybe it'll, it, it, it re-energizes the defense. Maybe it'll re-energize you, and you'll you'll be able to you know, get back into field goal position, make a field goal. Like, Tristan Alvano, once he gets that swagger back that he had in high school, his senior year at Westside, maybe... That will help this offense. Actually, no, not maybe. It will definitely help this offense because when you get in the red zone, at this point, it's almost as if it's touchdown or nothing because he can't make a field goal right now. Well, and then that's where they have to kind of make the adjustment to play calling, which they didn't do against Minnesota. Uh, you know, kind of just having Sims like, if you if you can get three out of a possession, that's a win for this Nebraska offense. It just is because you're not scoring. You're just not scoring enough points. Mm -hmm. So you know, third and long in the red zone, something like that. Maybe run a draw, and maybe some people will get upset. But, you know, depending on time and score and all that, I get it. But, you know, this is... And then... But you're still not at the point where you think Alvano is definitely going to hit it. So, I mean, you're just... you're. It's an uphill battle for this offense. But again, um, it, it's not... It doesn't have to be as bad as it looks on the scoreboard if you just don't turn the ball over and hit some field goals. That's a simple <laughs> solution. Like, there's, there's all these limitations to the passing game, and your runners are beat up, and, and this and that... Um, but I still think they can continue doing what they've been doing for the most part. You're not going to run into a whole lot of Michigans that are going to pretty much shut you out of, outside of a few drives. I think you have one, what, 
one or two more defenses that aren't aren't to the level of Michigan, but are solid defenses, and that's the last two that you're going to face on the season. Yeah, in Iowa and Wisconsin, Maryland has, Maryland is really good at forcing turnovers, though, which is a scary thought because they also score are one of the best offenses in the country. A couple of weeks ago, as I was trying to convince Jay uh, Foreman in the postgame show that Mar- like Nebraska's probably not going to beat Maryland. No. Um, you think that's kind of where everybody's at now is having seen Maryland compete with Ohio State? You're not even before the Ohio. You're not going to beat yeah. Maryland. Like I don't they, think so. And I, I said this earlier. It's be hard to score. You're, you're not going to. Raph was trying to tell me it's a snowball. If they just win and they keep the snowball effect, will keep going and they'll be able to beat Maryland. I go. I don't care how many games in a row you win. You're not with this team as they are. Unless they make some massive improvements, even with the defense, the defense is solid. The defense is really good. With the way that they play now, offensively, they will not beat Maryland. Yeah. Because they will turn the ball over and they will put their defense in bad positions for a team that is filled with athletes like Maryland. There's no way. But if your defense plays the way that they have in the beginning of the season, you will beat Purdue. You will beat uh, Northwestern. You will beat Michigan State. Have you seen those guys play? They're not great. You can't. Your defense is the key to you winning games. Your offense, all they have to do is not turn it over. That's it. As as long as they can do that, they can score. They can do enough to win these games because the defense is going to put it on their back. Which I think is really intriguing. Obviously, Heinrich Harburg's done a solid enough job of not turning the ball over too much. Boy, did he almost throw three straight picks on a cool. two-minute drill. I don't. I, I think that kind of hopefully teaches them the lesson. Hey, two-minute drills, unless need be at the end of the game, maybe. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be too aggressive there. Just <laughs> take the score in half. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's he's, he's not been so, so turnover prone. And again, I'm just so interested. Once Jeff Sims is 100% healthy or as close to 100% as they, they will call him 100%, whatever, mm-hmm. Um you know, if you if you try to give him another look because you have a thin, we 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 talk about this all the time. They just got such a thin margin for error here. If you just say, well, let's just try Jeff Sims against Northwestern, and he doesn't get rid of the interception bug or you know the turnover bug, and you lose that game because he's got four turnovers, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, now we'll go back to Harburg. Well, it might be too late by yeah. then to make a bowl game. Yeah, yeah, you can't. If that's the thing is, I I want to see Jeff Sims again. I I feel like. And I don't think this is... I, I feel like he has a higher ceiling than Heinrich Harburg, but he also has a much lower floor than mm-hmm. Heinrich Harburg. I think he's got a higher ceiling maybe this year. I think Harburg, as he develops, if he can develop oh, yeah. a passing game, he's got a lot to work with. That's why, you know, I think Harburg... It's kind of weird watching him play. Uh, has developed into a guy that I think is developmentally something I'm excited about down the line, is a guy that I think... Could be your quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate part is he's your quarterback of the present because you don't have a choice. <laughs> and I don't think he's like, you know, he's fine. He's fine where he is. Yeah. But we don't have to pretend like he's thrown for 200 yards a game. Not one Nebraska quarterback has thrown for 200 yards a game. And we're halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's not their goal or whatever. But at some point, usually, you know, if it, if it, especially if a defense is going to take away your run, I'm not. It's not asking a whole lot to get 200 yards mm-hmm. passing. Like even if you want to be a smash mouth, run the ball football team, your quarterback still at six games in should have had at least one 200 yard game because right. defenses realize, oh, they want to run the ball. Let's pack the box. Wide receivers need to get open. The quarterback's got to hit them. It, it, it's it's simple. Yeah, well, it's simple to say. 
It's not yeah, simple to do. Yep. <laughs> it's easy for us to sit back and, and complain about all this stuff. Exactly. But armchair, a lot of pretty could, tough physical athletes. Look, I could armchair quarterback win all of these oh, games. Oh, yeah. That's right. Except for Michigan. I would have lost that game, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good team. Yeah. That's a good team. But that's it for the first segment here. Uh, when we come back, I want to. I kind of want to get into the quarterback discussion and what what would you do in this bye week if Sims is... You know, they said he's been able to practice, you know, just about every... Well, except for the week that he first got injured, but every week after that, they said he's been able to practice. What would you be looking for and what would your plan be going into that Northwestern game? And I want to get your guys' takes on that too. 402-464-5685 on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line. During this bye week and the week leading up to Northwestern, let's say Jeff Sims at 100%, he's able to practice. Him and Heinrich are battling it out in practice. What are your thoughts? Who do you go with to start the Northwestern game? Coming up next on the Happy Hour 93.7 Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.